here on the Full Court Press. It's one of the best men in the business. It's Utah State head softball coach, Coach Steve Johnson here on the Full Court Press. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Hey, what has this COVID-19 situation been like as they cancel your softball season? What are your duties like? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's been really weird because obviously this is the busiest time of the year for us, and, and uh, we're normally on the road uh, three, four days out of the week and, and then playing at home and, and doing everything. So all of a sudden to have that taken away, uh, you know, it, it's, it's weird. It's just it's just a strange, weird feeling. Uh, as coaches, we we certainly have some things that we're taking care of, you know. But the kids are kind of uh, they're not used to this much time off and and not having any structure. So it's it's just been kind of a strange time, like everybody. But um, you know, fortunately, we're all healthy and safe. So really, our focus right now has been uh, on our kids' academics. Um, you know, we're finishing up school here in another couple weeks. And so most of our kids have gone home. We've got a few left in Logan, uh, but we're just uh, staying on top of their academics, making sure everybody stays eligible for uh, for next fall. And then, uh, you know, little things that we can do remotely here and there. Right now we're kind of focusing on some budget issues and, and trying to figure out what next year uh, is going to look like and, and going through uh, different scenarios. Uh, but other than that, it's um, – you know, it's a little bit thin right now until we get to hopefully the summer recruiting season. Coach, you brought up next year and budget issues. It certainly is a, a big thing to be considering. The NCAA has said that those in spring sports uh, had their, their seasons canceled could come back for another year of eligibility uh, and would have another year granted to them. Do you feel like you'd have any on your roster that might take advantage of that? And then, in addition to that, how might that affect some of your other plans for your other underclassmen? Well, right now, um, it doesn't appear we've got a lot of it's going to depend on what the financial side looks like for those kids. Um, you know, and, and some of these kids, when they get to this age, they're they're prepared to move on. Uh, you know, they've they've put their four years in. Uh, sometimes you get some injuries out there. Sometimes, you, you know, they're, they're looking at the next phase, whether that's a job or grad school. And so mentally, a lot of them were kind of prepared to be done. And uh, so right now, uh, we don't have anybody committed to coming back. Uh, but if we're, we're also waiting on from the from our administration, uh, what the financial possibilities are uh, with that. Uh, and, and we'll go from there. Um, you know, if, if anybody does come back, obviously it's just like any other situation, you know, well, the, the best player uh, is going to go out and play. And certainly uh, some of these kids that they've got the experience and, 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 and been out there and, and through the battle. So they might have a leg up on some things, but you know, it's not to say that someone else doesn't come along and, and take, uh, take a spot. So really it's just kind of up in the air. We're just waiting to hear financially what, the administration is going to offer these kids and, and how we're going to approach that. Uh, you know, I think uh, John's been quoted as if all the seniors came back that could, it's, it's a pretty hefty price tag. I think somewhere in the range of 400,000 uh, when we're already tight uh, with losing the NCA money. So uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that. But right now uh, I, I'm not anticipating a whole lot, if any uh, at all come back. Coach, the last game you guys played was on March 7th. You finished 13-11. and 11. What did you learn most about your team through those first 24 games? 
you know, they're a lot of fun. Um, it was kind of a roller coaster. Uh, we were kind of up and down. We had one of our best weekends since 1981. Uh, we won some big games. And, uh, you know, I think we saw some people step up. Uh, Capri Toon was certainly uh, first and foremost in that. Uh, she threw a no-hitter, uh, was just throwing lights out, uh, especially second weekend of the season and the, the weekend we finished up right there at uh, over in San Jose. Uh, but, you know, seeing some kids for the first time get out and play, uh, we have a, a set of twins, the McFarland sisters. Uh, they uh, both started, one and left, one in, uh, behind the plate and at first base, and, and they're true, real competitors. Uh, but, you know, really going through, we just we, we were just starting to hit our stride, and that was the tough part about stopping right where we did, that we were just getting ready for conference play. We had a couple games to go with our non-conference. We were playing UVU in a couple games and then rolling into conference. And we were feeling really confident. Um, but, you know, that was that, the biggest thing was just we were learning to play with each other and, and we had a lot of confidence and, and learning how to continue to have fun. And that, that was our group. We were, when we were loose and we were having fun, we were really successful. And so uh, I think that's just something as we look forward into next year now, uh, obviously the, the team dynamics change, but I think we kind of have a, a feeling of where we're at and uh, we got a lot returning. Uh, so it's exciting to kind of, move forward with that uh a player you may or may not have back senior outfielder uh riley plogger uh record setter and was on track to break several other records uh t- talk about the career that she had uh, and the type of season that she was having for you to this point before everything got canceled yeah you know riley's had a, a tremendous career uh she was actually uh, one of the first recruits uh, that we went after when I got out here. Uh, I had met her, boy, December of 2012. I remember it. We did a when I was at my previous school. We did a camp out in California, and she was out there, and and uh, she was just a ball player and a competitor, and uh, came from a really great family. And you know, she came in and and was a started for us that freshman year, the the year we almost won the conference. Um, and and it was kind of interesting because we had such great senior leadership. She just learned from everybody, and and uh, she'll say she was just kind of along for the ride. She didn't know really what she was doing because she she was doing so well. Uh, and uh, but she has performed consistently throughout. But you know she's been a bigger part as a leader uh, for this program, uh, and and the things that she's done for the program, but also for the athletic department, you know, she's our, the president of our SAC uh, group and has done a really good job, especially in these times, uh, kind of rallying the troops and, and working with administration to uh, get together. But, you know, as, as far as a leader on the field, you, you're not going to find anybody better. Kid that's going to work hard, uh, is going to keep her, keep her nose straight and, and get things done. Uh, this year, you know, she'd been a three-year starter in left field. And uh, when uh, Maisie uh, McFarland came in, she was a left-hander. We just experimented putting her out there in left field. And uh, it, it kind of fit. And Riley moved over to right field, didn't say a peep. And, uh, you know, that's, that takes leadership. And that when you, when you leave a starting spot, not that she didn't come off the field, but when you move positions around in that senior year, sometimes that can be difficult. But she, she went with it and was having a great year and, and uh, certainly – if she doesn't return, it's going to be uh, be a big loss for us and, and uh, shoes, big shoes we got to fill for next year. 
You have a local gal on your team, Tyler Thornton, out of Ridgeline High School. Tell us what you've seen out of her so far. You know, Tyler is, one, she's a fantastic kid. Again, another kid from a great family and uh, just a super competitor, um, big athlete, and that's a big thing. And, you know, she could probably start uh, – She defensively, she was the number one backup in about four different spots, uh, infield and, and all th- three of the four infield positions. So – um, she's just one heck of an athlete and, and her big thing is she's just learning, uh, to catch up to some of the college game stuff. You know, there's some, some thinking things, some speed of the game things that, uh, she hadn't experienced just not being able to play year round, like some of our California, Arizona kids have. Um, but you know, the kid just works tremendously hard. Uh, she's got her head on straight. She knows that she's kind of a big leader in the Valley for, for the local softball kids. And uh, she's just determined to give back. And so, you know, kid, uh, certainly she's she's got some tremendous potential, tremendous upside. And uh, hopefully we get everything back on track and, and uh, get rolling in the fall. She'll be able to uh, to step up and, and keep growing. And I think she'll definitely compete for a starting spot next year. Coach, early in the season, you guys had uh, a play that doesn't always – happen with regularity yeah. in softball like it does in, in baseball, and it was determined the NCAA softball number one play of the week. You guys turned a, a triple play, first time that's happened at USU since 2006. Uh, describe the play, and then why is it so rare in softball? Well, it's, you know, the, the play itself, it was kind of crazy. Um, you know, we caught, it was a soft line drive. I think the runner at second uh, thought the ball had gone through. Uh, didn't see it, and uh, Ryan, uh, who was, was at second base, kind of caught it right before the right before it hit the ground. And uh, you know, just she went to first. She was already leaning towards first base, and so she did a good job of getting that girl first, and then went back to second. And uh, you know, the kids knew exactly what was going on. And and quite honestly, I kind of I, I had a little brain freeze. Um, I was waiting because we went. Uh, with the line drive, we went to first and then went to second. And I kind of had a, a senior moment there, and I forgot uh, that it didn't matter that they were all force outs. And so I was waiting for him to to uh, challenge the play because I thought the runner. So I thought we had to go to second and then to one. But uh, you know, the kids were super pumped about it, and uh, it, it was fun to get all that recognition. Anytime your program can get out there on a national spotlight like that, and, and the social media interactions, obviously in today's world, is is everything. It, it was fun to, to get that. The kids love that attention. And, and, uh, you know, so that was great, but you know, it's just, it's such a rare thing in our sport because the bases are so close and, uh, you know, double plays can happen pretty routinely in baseball. Uh, but even those are, are fairly rare in our game. And, and so it's just the speed of the game. When, when your bases are only 60 feet away, uh, you don't have to be that fast to beat some things out. So it was it was a big moment for us. It was certainly one of the memories from this season that we'll take with us. Utah State head softball coach Steve Johnson joins us here on the Full Court Press. Coach, I know you talked about Tyler Thornton being one of the up-and-coming underclassmen who could do some big things for you. What other underclassmen are you looking at and that fans should be looking at to uh, have a big impact on your softball team? Well, I think the the two that stand out the most right away is is uh, the twins, uh, Maisie and Mackenzie McFarland. Uh, they both started uh, every game for us, uh, coming in as freshmen. Uh, so Maisie, 
uh, started out in left field uh, in every game, and and then her her sister Mackenzie started both at catcher and at first base. And you know they're just tremendous athletes. They uh, again two more kids that are great athletes, but also they're, they're even better people. Uh, they're they're just great uh, leaders. Uh, they're not necessarily the vocal leaders yet with Riley out there, but uh, I think they're going to roll into that spot uh, very easily. But they just they want to outwork you. You know, you know they we had a a Zoom call with the team a, a week ago, and in about the I guess two weeks, two and a half weeks since they'd gone home, they they'd run 32 miles, and and they've been working out in their garage and. You know that's just the kind of kids they are. They they won uh, or they were awarded the December Strength Athlete, Student Athlete of the Month, and and um, but they're just tremendously hard workers. But they're they're great players. Um, you know, and, and I think one thing they learned they started off really hot, and then when they had a little bit of a struggle, once the scouting report got out on them, the the biggest thing that they're going to have to overcome next year is getting frustrated. And, and letting that take them out of their game. When they play free and, and loose, uh, they're tremendous athletes and, and tremendous players for us. So I think those are two uh, right away that you'll see uh, have a big impact uh, for us in the future. You know, Capri, again, she's another one. She's a sophomore. Um, learned a lot last year and then came out and really starting in the second weekend took off. Uh, I think she pitched in three of our four games or three of our five games. Uh, like I said, threw a no-hitter against, I believe, it was San Diego. Uh, came back uh, down in uh, San Jose last weekend. Came out, and we were really kind of struggling a little thin with some of our pitching, and, and she went out and gave us everything she had. We had a four-in-one weekend. She was tremendous. So she's another one who took a huge leap forward uh, from her freshman to her sophomore year. Uh, Gabby Jimenez was another one started either at catcher or first base. Uh, again, just she learned a lot last year and really put that into play here in uh, in the springtime and was just hitting uh, tremendously for us and, and jumped over at first base. Her and McKenzie both uh, moved to, to first base a little bit because we needed their bats in the lineup and, and did a really great job over there. So, And, of course, and Lexi Roscoe is our shortstop. She was the returning all-conference kid we had. Uh, she was on another tear, uh, hitting over 300. I think she had four or five home runs already. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've got a really good young core uh, coming back. We have a couple kids in the junior class, Steph Reed, Kennedy here, who started this year. Uh, so having a lot of that return is is really nice to see. Coach, uh, this just a general question about the sport of softball. How yeah. have you seen it evolve or change especially at the at the high school level where you're recruiting, trying to bring those players into your program to compete where they need to be uh, among some pretty good Mountain West teams? You know, we, we look, our recruiting base obviously is a state school. We want to recruit, what I always say is we want to recruit the best kids in the state of Utah that are going to help us win uh, in the Mountain West. And does that mean we can recruit Utah exclusively? No. Um, do we recruit nationally? No, we don't do that either. But we're going to recruit in our footprint kind of west of the Rockies here. Um, California, Arizona, Utah are really kind of the base areas that we pull from. Uh, we've had a few kids from elsewhere. We've got a couple from Texas right now, one, one that's uh, graduating from Iowa, uh, one from Australia. But, 
you know, when we look at the kids here, it's just a matter of uh, trying to get beyond high school. You know, that's one thing with softball. We really don't recruit high school, even with the better kids, because it's there's so many kids in high school. There's roughly 475,000 kids that play high school ball, and only 27,000 end up at any level of college. And so to try and compare a kid that we're looking for is in high school, is there, are they going to compete against our Mountain West opponents? Um, it's really tough. And that's where we really look at the, the travel ball. And so that's the, the, the challenge is making sure we can see kids uh, in a setting that we're going to see them compete against kids that we're recruiting against. Uh, and, and, you know, so Capri and Tyler both were with teams that, that did that. Capri was with, uh, uh, and now I'm blanking on the name she was with. She was with the, the Pegasus and then uh, moved up. Um, and, and, you know, they went to Colorado. They went to some of these national tournaments. And we could see her go out and compete against those types of teams. And Tyler went out this summer, was with actually the Twins uh, on a team out of Northern California. And, um, you know, we've got uh, Libby Hawker is signed, uh, one of our incoming 20s, and uh, she is part of the Mountain West organization here in Utah. She was a bat buster. The same thing, they went out and played nationally. And so to go see those kids compete on a national level against kids that are going to be against them in college, and we can use that as a better measuring stick than we can the high school game. Hey, Coach, final question here, and it's kind of an odd one, so just bear with me, though. But it seemed like your, equi- uh, your equipment manager, Jackson Webb, became a legend over there. As crazy, like, just catching bullpen. I heard all sorts of stories from either him or others around. Uh, how important, uh, again, it's an odd question, but kind of how important are those equipment managers to help you out? And a guy like Jackson Webb who just could do everything for you. <laughs> well, he must have paid you to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I Jackson is a legend in his own mind, and uh, <laughs> he he picked up. He was coaching a JV basketball team this year. I think it was JV or sophomore, and they won. Uh, I think they won the championship or whatever they do. Um, but no, Jackson. He all of our managers are super important to us. You know, from from catching bullpens to doing the the really the grunt work behind the scenes, taking care of our laundry. But uh, you know, we've had several. Actually, our our assistant coach right now, Bailey Thomas. Uh, was with us as a, both a manager and a volunteer uh, a few years ago. So they are super important for us. Uh, and, and Jax was certainly a special one that, you know, he, he took, took a lot of uh, care in what he did. And, uh, you know, we, we still have a little bit of him left. He made us a little uh, uh, scouting chart bench <laughs> in our dugout. that's still there. He signed it for us and, and did all that. But yeah, Jackson, Jackson's quite the guy. I think, uh, I don't know what's bigger, his hair or his ego right now. <laughs> That's a fair question. Hey, really quickly, before we do let you go, you were called to be the head coach of this softball team on June 26th of 2013. You're the ninth head coach to be here. You're in your seventh year, and you're the, yet the second winningest coach in program history. What in yourself as a coach has progressed or developed from the first year to now? Uh, just you know, learning, uh, adapting with the times. Uh, figuring out how we're going to win in the Mountain West, um, utilizing uh, the resources that Utah State gives us, and, and we've, we've got tremendous resources. Um, 
you know, but just trying to figure out, you know, from a, from a recruiting standpoint, it took a little bit of time just establishing, even though I had West Coast connections uh, from recruiting in the SEC, uh, but establishing what our program was going to be about and then being able to sell that uh, not only to the travel ball coaches who were kind of uh, helping their kids figure things out, but uh, to the kids and to the, to the parents and families. And, you know, we've got so many things here in Logan that, that are tremendous for our kids to come into. And, and when families look at a place like Logan uh, and they see the safety, uh, they see the, the mountains and the beauty that we have, uh, it's it's an easy sell, but you still have to talk to them about what school's about and what the athletic program's going to be about. And so, you know, I think that's just the biggest thing is we had a big year uh, a few years ago. Uh, we've got to maintain that consistency uh, through both recruiting and, and coaching and, and how we get those things out of kids. And that's the biggest thing for me is is adapting our program, you know, is making sure that we – uh, set the expectations, and that's one thing that we continue to work on. Uh, I think we did a really good job this year building the program. We talk about leaving a legacy, and, and really it's it's led by us as coaches, but it's really got to be player-driven, and, and getting that out of them is, is what's so important and what is build, what will build a consistent model for us to keep winning down the road. Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Stay safe. We look forward to uh, seeing some softball next spring. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Coach.